0: Chapter 6 of The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sahil Dal from India The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island by Herbert Carter The Rival Fisherman As the afternoon crept on and the boat continued to keep up a m- merry pace, The boys began to feel their confidence return. As Tad assured them, he did not expect to have any further trouble with the engine. They they no longer kept an anxious eye on the working part of the craft, while at the least unusual sound every fellow's heart seemed ready to jump into his throat with wild alarm. It was not the purpose of the cruisers to try and cross the vast body of water upon which their little craft was launched, and which is so immense that for two whole days they might be out of sight of land. Thad knew the danger that lay in such a thing, and had promised the folks that at home in Cranford that he would be very careful. Indeed, only for the presence of Dr. Hobbs. Some of the parents of the scouts might have felt like revoking their promise to allow their boys to be of the party. Accordingly, Their course course was now laid in such a quarter that they could keep the land in sight upon their port quarter most of the time. Of course, while the scouts had not been at sea and really knew very little of navigation, they were ambitious to learn, and as Bumpus had before handwritten down all sorts of phrases used long ago on board the ships, that sailed the seas in such wide, wide-winged flocks before the advent of steam gave them such a backset, he read these all out to his mates. And after that, whenever they could think of the nautical name for anything, they insisted on using it. Because, as Giraffe declared, it gave such a realistic effect to things. But let me tell you, there's a rumpus in the navy de- these days, says, said Step-Hen as Giraffe asked him to step aft and hand me a pair of binoculars so I can take an observation. What about? asked Thad. Why, they want to abolish some of these old terms that are just a a part of seafaring life. For instance, they say that when the man at the wheel is told to port your helm, it takes just a fraction of a second for it to pass through its mind his mind that that means turn your helm to the left. And so they say in our navy after that this, the officer will call out turn your helm to the left jack. View, That must rile every old jack-tar though. It's like taking the seasoning out of a mince-meat. Don't you believe it'll ever pass? Asserted Bumpus indignantly. And just after I've made up my mind to learn every one of this list so I can rattle it off like a I can already box the compass no sir every true sailor man will rise up in arms against it you can count on my vote in favor of sticking to the old way nothing like the old things say. Something engines engines. step hen maliciously oh well I draw the line there that's true bumpus admitted with a shrug of his fat shoulders as his eyes unconsciously dropped so that he looked down into the depths of the lake a full mile deep as he always said to himself i saw a fish then he suddenly shouted showing new excitement get your hook and line bumpus and maybe we'll have fried speckled trout or white fish for supper remarked giraffe with what he meant to be satire in his speech huh i ain't that green about fishing and you know it remarked the other as he gave the tall scout a a look of scorn anyhow i can beat you a mile fishing day in in the week giraffe and i don't care who hears me say it is that a challenge bumpus demanded thad seeing the chance for more fun to enliven the cruise if he chooses to take me up you can call it that responded the fat boy with a belligerent look at his rival. Oh, I'm ready to meet you halfway, Bumpus. Anything to oblige, Giraffe went on to say, sturdily. I'd just like a good chance to show you up for for a fish, Fakir. We've, we've heard a heap about how you used to haul them in. Now's your chance to prove that you're the big gun of this trip. All right, just as you say, and we'll leave it to Thad to lay down the terms of the contest. The loser to treat the crowd to a dinner when we get back home. Bumpus went on to say, with the took of one who would die sooner than give up. No need of that last, Alan asserted, with a shake of his head. We expect to have a spread anyhow when we arrive back in Cranford, because there's plenty of money in the treasury of the Silver Fox Patrol. But the loser must do the drudgery, that always goes with the dinner, and be the waiter for his other seven fellows. Do you both agree to that? I do, said Bumpus, holding up his right hand, just as though he might be before Squire Jasper, and about to give his evidence in court. Ditto here, I agree, Thad, Giraffe hastened to say, not wishing to have it appear that he lagged behind his competitor a particle now about the terms what short, what sort of fish are we to cra- grab bumpus wanted to know you don't grab any bumpus giraffe warned, warned him every one must be fairly caught with hook and line and no scenes or nets or guns used ain't that right judge thad immediately declared he understood that it was it was to be a genuine sportsmanlike proceeding and that no underhand tac- tactics would be tolerated First, the number will count, he went on to explain. After that, Variety will stand up for, s- stand for a second point. Then the heaviest fish will be a third claim. And we might as well make it interesting. So let's call the smallest fish caught a fourth point. That's four in all. Can't you th- think up another? So as to have it five, and then three points will be a majority and wins out, suggested D.V. Jones. A good idea, D.V., Thad assured him. Suppose, then, we also say that the longest fish, when measured by inches, that would that would make five points, all right? Yes, interrupted Giraffe. But ain't that already covered when you say the bigot, biggest fish? Not necessarily, Thad told him. Though in some cases, the two would go together, I suppose. But sometimes you'll catch a ba- bass that measures two inches longer than the one the other fellow got. But when you use the scales, he weighs more by six ounces. How does that come? Well, we've got an illustration right here in you and Bumpus. You call yourself the larger by nearly a foot, but when it comes, giraffe threw up its hands in token of surrender. That's right, Thad, declared Bumpus. The longest ain't always the high high notch. They do all uh, say the best goods come in the smallest packages. But write the conditions down, Thad, while they are fresh in our minds and read them out. When I come in under the wire first, as I surely will, it will grieve me to hear any squealing from our tall friend here and have any dispute about not understanding the rules of the game. Giraffe sniffed scornfully, and but did not say anything here. However, for a long time after that both boys bus- busied themselves sorting out the greatest lot of fishing tackle their chums had seen for an age, showing that they were in a deadly earnest about trying to win their wa- the wager. Bumpus even managed to ca- attach a phantom minnow to the end of the line, which he slyly dropped overboard when he thought no one was looking, in hopes of being fortunate enough to get the first blood in competition. And the others knew that if this thing kept up and that they were bound to have a plenty of fun in watching the, the desperate efforts of the rival fishermen. Thad was looking up at the sky occasionally. Seem to be some clouds gathering, remarked Alan, noticing this action on the part of the pilot of the expedition. Yes, but then they may not mean anything, though I've been told that storms do come up very suddenly around here. Maybe something about this big body of fresh water that brings that about, for the sun must draw heaps up from Old Superior every day. I reckon now you're aiming to get to that cove you marked on the chart so's to have that a snug harbour for the night, Alan went on to say. Just what I am, the other admitted. This lake is a bit too big for us to think of anchoring out and taking chances. A storm is bad enough in daytime when you can see around you, but it must be terrible in the pitch darkness. Excuse me, if you please, spoke spoke up Stephen, who had been listening to all the others, said, I hope there are plenty of them same snug harbours for a boat the size of ours to drop in and stay overnight. That's just the trouble about cruising on Superior, said Thad, and especially along the American shore, because there are a few rivers empty into the lake. Up along the Canadian side, it's different because there are some fine trout trout streams that extend from Whitefish Bay along toward Old Fort William. I'd like to see that last place, spoke up Davy, because I've heard about it ever since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. You see, my great-grandfather used to live in Montreal in the days when the Northwest Fur Fur Company was in competition with the Hudson Bay Company and my ancestor was employed each spring to set out from Montreal with some big balbutius manned by French-Canadian voyagers who would row and sail all the way through most of the Great Lakes to Fort William, where the agent had collected heaps of valuable pets from the trappers and the Injuns after the season was done. These he'd fetch all the way back to Montreal again, the flat-bottom boats being loaded down with the bales. And let me tell you, that was taking risks some. But they raised men in them days, I reckon. Men had never allowed themselves to think of such a thing as danger, because they were always facing some kind, sort of perils. I guess you are about right, Davy," admitted Thad. And I often sit and wonder how it'd seem if a fellow lived away back in those days, before the time of automobiles, motorboats, telephones, talking machines and electricity. Huh! grunted Bumpus. According to my mind, what dangers they faced ain't to be mentioned in the same breath as them we have hovering over us all the while. For instance, what if Thad here just crooked his hand? Wouldn't we be apt to run smack into that other boat that's going to pass us right now? And say, fellows, remarked Giraffe, in a low, mysterious tone, that somehow managed to chill the others, as no doubt he intended it should just take a peek at the men in that boat, will you? Somehow, I don't know just why, but they make me think of pirates, if ever they have such critters up here on Old Superior. And take it from me, boys, Right now, one of the bunch is looking us over through a marine glass, like as not they're making up their minds who and what we can be, and if it's going to pay them to board this same craft, to clean it out. Don't anybody make out like we're watching them? But try and remember where you put our gun, Thad, because who knows, but what we might need the same right bad before long. End of Chapter Six. Recording by Saih Delar from India.